That's my wife, Katie. And that's my husband, Josh. And this is Book Club Day. Thank you very much for joining us. This is episode three. This is part three of four of our book club of Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus, displayed behind us here ever so nicely. It's the pink book if you missed it. <laughs> um, so, uh, obviously, we're going to get into it, our most current reading on it. But before we do that, Katie, I suspect not much has changed, but I have to ask, what else are you reading? Not much. Not much. Still that witch tea uh, series? Yeah, the sweet tea witch series. Sweet kind tea of, witch series. Just kind of cranking through that series, but I'm enjoying it. Yeah. So yeah. That's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's good. Um, I'm still reading The Sword of Kaigen. Mm-hmm. I suspect I'll finish probably in the next week or so. Man, some things went down. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. So uh, I think I will do probably like a like an individual video. On like that. a solo review? Yeah, like a solo review, spoiler-free, of course. Uh, and maybe one with spoilers, because I just want to talk about it. But we'll see. <laughs> um, let me know down in the comments if you're interested in something like that. Um, anything else? We watched, we've watched. we watched a few movies. We have watched a few movies. You're kind of on holiday break at the moment. I am, which is nice. It is nice. So, uh, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. All right, well, let's just, let's just get into it. So, again, this is part three of four. Uh, Katie... Yeah. Give us a brief synopsis of what this book's about for the people who may be tuning in for the first time. And if you're tuning in for the third time, I'm sorry if this sounds repetitive. But it is the early, well, not the early, it is the 1950s and Elizabeth Zott dreams of being a scientist, which is challenged by a society that says women belong in the domestic sphere rather than in the lab. She accepts a job on a cooking show for TV and then sets out to teach a nation of housewives way more than just recipes. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So this is your spoiler and speculation warning. Uh, we're going to be talking about, of course, this book. We're going to be speculating on it, and we will be discussing in depth anything between the chapters of 1 through... 32. 32? Is it 32. Okay, chapters one through 32 is what we'll be discussing, and we'll also be speculating, so you've been warned. Yeah. Uh, and then the next episode of Book Club, that will be part four or four of this, and that will be the last. Yeah, the last, the last one. quarter of the book, yeah. basically. So, again, we read about 25% every week. We come back here, we discuss what we've read. Kate and I have not had any previous discussions, so. Yeah, and I think for this book, it's us. worked out well, because it's about 100 pages, or, yeah, it's about 100 pages. Yeah. Per quarter. Yeah. yeah it's a good book. So I think with shorter books, we might end up uh, not not having quite as many parts. Right. 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 Well, I mean, frankly, it's, it's where, we're, you know, this is long form, so I'll just get into it. You know, this is our first kind of pilot series, if you will. And so Kate and I are trying to figure out the best kind of format, the best way to do this. Yeah. Also trying to balance our lives. You know, some books we could absolutely read in a week. I think this is one that we could have. Um, mm-hmm. But other books... It's not as feasible, right? Yeah. You know, so. But uh, this also allows for a little bit of a more in-depth. It does. Discussion. It does. So, yeah, this this kind of show, book club. So it, kind of, it kind of depends on the book. Yeah, it does. It does. So hopefully we formatted it well. If you have any thoughts or anything, this is episode three, you know, feel yeah. free to let us know if you think maybe we should approach it this way or that way, or maybe we should talk about this first or that first, whatever. Uh, as far as like formatting goes, mm-hmm. but also if you have any suggestions of books you'd like to see us read and discuss, let us know. Hundred percent. We're always yeah. up for hearing about new books that we haven't heard of or read before. Okay, 
So we're going to do a quick recap of what was read in the first two readings. So, Katie. So for chapters 1 through 11, which is our first episode, and we'll have all the episodes linked below. That way you can uh, go back and take a listen if you would like to kind of join us along the ride um, of the whole book. But our abbreviated version, um, our first portion of the book in chapters 1 through 11, we were introduced to our main characters of Elizabeth Zott and Calvin Evans. And they're both chemists that work at a research facility, though their experiences there are drastically different. They end up entering into a relationship and romance blooms. Their love grows. We get to see that relationship take off. And off the bat, we're aware that Elizabeth is constantly having to overcome obstacles, both professionally and socially. And primarily, it is just because she is a woman and because her goals and aims in life are outside of the norm, especially for that time period. They adopt a dog that they name 630, who's adorable. And as Elizabeth and Calvin are hitting their stride in their relationship, Calvin unexpectedly dies when he slips on an oil spill while jogging and then is run over by a police car. Okay. Yeah. So Very, Josh is going to give us the gonna, next portion. I'm give us the next portion. This was from our second episode. Uh, this this would below. Also linked below. This will cover chapters 12 through 23. Uh, so the fallout from Calvin's untimely death uh, is that Elizabeth is... Uh, effectively a widow. They're, they weren't married or, or anything, but for all intents and purposes, she's she's mourning him. Uh, however, he leaves her a gift, mm-hmm. maybe an unwelcome one from Elizabeth's perspective, depending on the day. Uh, it was that she's pregnant, so she's carrying uh, Calvin's, uh, she's carrying their baby. Um, and because they weren't married, and because Calvin is no longer there to protect her at the research facility that they were both working at, Elizabeth is fired. Uh, that was basically just socially taboo. Mm-hmm. Uh, back then and I think this is like 50s 60s so basically they just dismissed her and there was no recourse and so she kind of is just trying to make her own way uh, and the way she does that is she attempts to make ends meet uh, by unofficially consulting with her former co-workers because a lot of her former co-workers very quickly realize that uh, they need Elizabeth so uh, she takes no credit for any of the work but she charges them uh, basically cash only uh, for just consulting on science projects so mm-hmm. Pretty cool if every other thing wasn't hitting her upside the head at the moment, but right? Right. Um, it's a lot all at once to do. It is. It is. And she's just trying to make ends meet. So she builds a lab in her kitchen so she can continue her work on abogenesis as well as other things, it seems. It seems like she just likes to tinker in general and experiment. So yeah, she builds a lab in her kitchen. She finds that probably more useful. Uh, 6.30, their dog uh, is almost killed by a groundskeeper, which gets your heart pumping, that chapter does. But he doesn't, so don't worry. Um, Elizabeth has the baby. She names the baby Mad Zot because she's mad at Calvin. Uh, but she doesn't really get around to ever changing her name, so she just calls her Madeline. Uh, roughly a year later, when Mad is about a year, Dr. Mason, uh, who was her, what, what's that type of doctor called? OBGYN. An OBGYN. Her, basically her OBGYN swings by and tries to get her to come back to rowing, uh, water rowing. Uh, and then Harriet Sloan, her neighbor, becomes an unofficial member of the household and effectively becomes a pseudo-aunt-grandmother figure for Mad and kind of like an older sister to Elizabeth. Um, uh, Elizabeth, she does get her job back at Hastings, but then 
Um, her work is stolen by her boss, and so she quits, justifiably so. And then we end with Walter Pine, the TV producer from the very beginning of this whole book, calling Elizabeth and saying, hey, I want you to be the host of a cooking show. Mm -hmm. uh, and it pays better than any opportunity she's had in the recent past. So that's where we kind of left sure. off and where we got yeah. into our weekly chapter reading, which was chapters 24 through 32. Yeah. So, honey... Yeah, let's just let's just kind of just talk let's through start going what we into read. It. Yeah, so I I enjoyed this portion. I thought it was interesting seeing how they started getting into the setup of the show. So in chapter twenty four, we meet up with Elizabeth and Walter, and they're in the pre production phase of their show. So going through wardrobe, the set, um, her personality, like that's being portrayed. And Walter is explaining to her the afternoon depression zone, basically that time around like two o'clock where you get really tired. Um, talking about how that is relevant to TV programming for him, at least, and how her audience is primarily going to be housewives. And at this time zone, he needs Zot to help wake them up so they can make their big push through dinner to get through the day. So he helps Sot to find some perspective by explaining to her how the show will help those housewives. And I thought that was kind of nice because a lot of times in shows or movies or books, you get someone who's kind of hot-headed mm -hmm. and the person in charge is like, just listen to me, just trust me, blah, 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 blah. And here yeah. he actually takes the time to try and explain it in a way that she understands. Yeah, I mean, basically, please trust the decades of experience that I have. Yeah, but, <laughs> he's, but he Walters. also explains, like, look, here's why. Yeah. Here's why this is important, which I think is something that Elizabeth needs. She needs to understand the purpose mm -hmm. of doing something a certain mm -hmm. way. Yeah, she does. So I thought that was good, and it, you know, showed some respect for how her brain kind of works, and it shows his competence in that he was able to explain the purpose you know right right and it, and, and it kind of you know that's like the first foundational layer of their friendship developing i think mm -hmm. right like i mean like i, I think it had been developing through pre-production right yeah. but like that moment where like he kind of has to just explain things flat out for her yeah well it, it's not like she's your typical talent right she didn't no. set out to be tv talent correct which 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 oftentimes that's that's sometimes the best talent, usually whenever they come from a different domain of experience mm -hmm. and then they transition into being a TV talent. This is really the chapter about Elizabeth, I would say, Elizabeth and Walter's friendship. So they have some frank discussions about biology and sex drive, and they really kind of become friends having these frank conversations. Um, we also learn that Walter isn't Amanda's biological father, but he loves her all the same and decides that it really doesn't matter. Right, right. And that brings up one of our talking points here. So that, that really does seem like a theme, right? Because Elizabeth didn't really put much stock in her family based on her upbringing. Uh, Calvin, right. the same way. And it was more about who you choose than who was like biologically related to you. Mm -hmm. So... They definitely both had some rough upbringing. Right, right. And, and, and I think that's... That's clearly a reoccurring theme. Yeah. Um, that I think. And possibly part of why Elizabeth did not want children. Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think I, I think it's, I think that's a, 
definitely a main theme that Bonnie Garmus brings up a whole lot is just that your family is who you choose, not necessarily just who you're born with. Um, right. So, uh, and then moving on from that, uh, Elizabeth does end up broadcasting her first pilot. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Walter's perspective, it's a train wreck. Poor Walter. Uh, she, yeah. Uh, she doesn't read the cue cards and she basically kind of goes rogue. Um, but it's live, so Walter can't just like cut it. Right. Can't, he can't, can't just, can't just stop cut anything. her, right? Like it's not like it's pre pre recorded. So, um, but at the end of the day, even though she goes against all of Walter's expectations and what Walter perceives as the worst possible way, um, at the end of the day, the station does immediately start receiving calls about Elizabeth's shopping list because she listed all the ingredients in chemistry terms. So all these housewives are calling. Yeah. They're like, what's sodium chloride? And it's salt. Um, but Walter mentally notes that and the, the one is vinegar. Yeah. And they're like, what? Yeah. And then it's vinegar. And then Walter me- mentally notes that the clown show, which filled the spot that that Elizabeth show now fills, never got any calls. Right. So there's immediate interest that Walter can immediately tangibly notice. Right. Yeah. Which is which is which is a pretty big um, uh, imprint. You know what? We discussed it a little bit, but but what are your thoughts on kind of like? I mean, Walter has these decades of experience Mm -hmm. and he, you know, put it in his, sit in his chair, right? Yeah. Do you think he was right to try and shoehorn Elizabeth in like a certain direction? I mean, I would, you would, you'd be better able to tell than me, but I would think that typically that's kind of done with talent, Mm -hmm. right? You have certain expectations. It is. Well, that's... And most talent probably comes in knowing the drill. Right. Well, that's also why you do a... Um, again, I don't... I think the station's local, and I don't know all the history. It was a local station. But, like, usually what you do for... So, for new people, <laughs> yeah. in case we haven't mentioned it, Josh is, like, a producer um, and does yeah. corporate videos and stuff and has some experience in local TV and whatnot. So, um, he does have some video production background yeah i mean i I mean people know the general process is that generally you make a pilot Mm -hmm. and then uh you know the director executive producer usually the station manager which is basically equivalent to like a vice president usually um at least in this day and age uh they'll look at the pilot recording right before it ever airs and kind of make a determination and and they also know, at least in this day and age, looking at ratings, Nielsen and otherwise, mm-hmm. generally what may garner interest. Okay. Right. So this seems like, and it it doesn't help, and, and, and we'll get into it a bit later, that that Phil Lambent or whatever, the, the executive producer, clearly doesn't share any of the notable data points and analytics with Walter. Right. So Walter just has to basically take Phil's um, communication on faith well, that he's not holding out. Doesn't and seem and to... that still does happen. Um, like they'll share certain data points with you. Like they'll right. share certain they're Only metrics. the ones they want to. Correct. But they won't share. And what supports what they desire. Right. Like like at the station that I worked at, you know, we were able to say, say we were number one in nightly news. We were not. We were number one in certain demographics. 
Mm. Right. So that's not a full blown lie. Right. right. So, but, but, but that's like a, that, that's like a very broad example. Um, from an employee standpoint, they will only communicate certain metrics that they want you to know about. Yeah. Um, like they, they, you know, not to get too much into a sidebar here, but I think local TV stations in general hate the democratization of analytics because mm. information is power and they really don't like it. But, yeah. Um, it kind of makes it a little more difficult for them. It does. It does. It's, it's a, it's a double edged sword. It's beneficial and, it's also not right, yeah. like depending on the situation. So, circling back around, sorry for the sidebar there, everyone, but but circling back to the whole was Walter right and shoot and trying to shoot Horn Elizabeth into a particular direction. Uh, I think, given the information Walter had, yes, mm-hmm. I think he was a hundred percent correct in trying to do that. I think most people in that in in Walter's position, right, where your boss is telling you you need to do you X, need to y, do Z. this, yeah. and Walter's job is to Make sure that get happens. the talent to do those things like mm-hmm. yeah i think i think anyone in that position would at least try at least at first right. right like let's get like even being able to be like you know let's get let's do what they want let's play nice let's mm-hmm. get yeah this established and then we can try and go from there you know then we can take some uh, chances or try some new things down the road right and kind of looking at, at it long term. And I don't think Elizabeth understood that part no, or that potentiality. Yeah. Elizabeth is very uncompromising. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's easy to admire. Yeah, but right? it's got to be a struggle to try and wrangle. Yeah. Like, it's easy to admire, but it, that usually, I mean, she's a fictional character. It do, right. It does not usually work out that way if you yeah. try to stand on principle as so i was gonna does. ask you like yeah. as as a producer with sure. experience sure um what is the most frustrating talent interaction you've had and what's been the best interaction um i'm not gonna name names even no though, of course not yeah um uh we'll start with uh the best um the best was when I met Shaquille O'Neal. Mm. That was pretty cool. That's a pretty funny story. Um, basically, I'm working, and there's a whole bunch of people in this giant reception, basically, and Shaquille O'Neal is mingling, and Shaq sees me all the way across the room. And Josh is seven feet tall. And, and I'm seven feet tall. Shaq is like... Seven, one, seven, two. I mean, he has to be seven, three, seven, four. He may He may spoof the height a little bit, but he's... He's tall and he's big. Like he's tall to me and I'm seven foot. So <laughs> um he he is absolutely gigantic. Um, but he, he comes over and he just shakes my hand and he goes, How's it going, big man? And then he <laughs> proceeds to talk to me and I'm trying to work, but you don't want to say you don't want to be dismissive of Shaq. I mean, I grew up watching Shaq. Yeah. So um it w- it was just a pretty cool interaction to like kind of meet with them. It was more like a little bit of a starstruck. Yeah. Right, but like, but like most most well known personalities, media and otherwise that I interact with through my job, it's it's very much I'm there to work, right? I'm I'm there to get things done. Mm-hmm. Um, so I view them as very well compensated professionals. Is kind of how I view most of them. Yeah. Um, which makes it even more frustrating when they are. They can. They can present more of a headache than they really should given what they're being compensated. Mm. So that's what that's that's all I'll say. 
Okay. <laughs> I don't. Okay. I don't want to dive into it too far. Yeah, and then I was also going to ask how much input would a local talent or would talent have on a local TV production? Because I feel like Elizabeth kind of like just railroads her way through a lot of the production stuff. Like right. if it doesn't work for her, she just right. So makes things. They live in change. Commons, California. I don't know what the size of that market would be. And and keep in mind, this is a completely different decade. Right. Right. Um. However, what I know about that decade, and since that was the golden age of TV, mm-hmm. um, I suspect there is absolutely no way that she would have that much latitude. Yeah. Um. Right off the bat, uh, and just to bulldog her way through certain decisions, that would just not fly. They would put it. They would stop that immediately, mm-hmm. because if she does that, then you're going to have other talent wanting to do that. Right. Right. There's multiple shows. There's like, you're trying to keep that train running, right? Yeah. But like the whole her tossing that soup can away. Yeah. Absolutely not. There was no point. There was no benefit to her doing that whatsoever. She yeah. could have just easily said, said we don't use processed in, like ingredients but she put the label out there yeah. like that's that and put it on blast yeah that actually kind of i was like that's just a power trip honestly yeah like that that's completely on un, uncalled for to that brand to that company that she basically insulted so yeah like they should sue <laughs> yeah like i mean it's um that is not okay but anyway uh sorry did i answer your question yeah okay sorry yeah you did once I get rolling, I sometimes just would. Stop. Would local talent have that much authority? No. No. No, they would not. No. Which I didn't think they would. No, there'd be. But there'd... I just wanted to get your input on it specifically. There are certainly exceptions because I think you've got like some experience no. that brings an interesting perspective to this for us that don't have that perspective. Right. You know. Right. So. Anyway, uh, moving on. So that's Elizabeth. She kind of does her first pilot and. Uh, moving on it's from there. It's a train wreck. It's a train wreck from Walter's perspective, but um, uh, Walter decides, okay, I think I think I can fix this. How about I do a live show? So Elizabeth does have her first live show. She's not thrilled with the set dressing. Um, it's like a cutesy traditional kitchen with tons of knickknacks all over, and she just she's like, I've got no room to work. This isn't cool. Um, and Walter faints from the stress uh, after Elizabeth basically gives away all of those knickknacks. At one point, she even invites the live studio audience to come up and take whatever knickknacks they want. So Walter is under a lot of stress. He's being yelled at by his boss. He's got Elizabeth just going rogue and doing her own thing. Poor guy. Poor guy. He's like the bulwark between Elizabeth and and the yeah. executive producer. And she, yeah, and she doesn't quite. And and we also find out that he that. is kind of protective. I would say of his. I don't remember if it's here or in a later chapter, but he's kind of protective of his female employees. He will not let them meet with. Is it Phil? The executive. I, I think the his studio name is Phil guy. or Paul. I don't know. Um, he will not let the women meet with him on their own. Right. Because this guy is kind of a jerk. Yes, and not and a good way. Potentially like, abusive. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, I mean, you can say it. He's basically a, a Harvey Weinstein type figure. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's, yeah. he uses his position to, to do things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But anyway, moving on. Um, so Elizabeth sends him home with the casserole that she just prepared from the show. It's like a spinach casserole. And she leaves him directions. And his daughter, Amanda, the one who'd been taking Mads lunches at school doesn't like spinach but she declares that this casserole is the best thing that she has ever eaten which is pretty big to have a have effectively a five-year-old yeah declare that spinach casserole is delicious yeah that's intense yeah um and then we kind of take a break from elizabeth and her show um safe to assume that during this kind of breakaway we kind of go to mad her daughter um and during this time i i assume this kind of break from Elizabeth, her show's developing and growing, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And she's, and she's growing her audience. But but we kind of go to Madeline. Uh, and she's been instructed by her teacher. And I forget her teacher's name, but her teacher is just a real piece of work. Um, she's been instructed to have... She, Matt has been instructed to have her mother, Elizabeth, fill out a family tree. Well, as we mentioned previously, there's not much of a family that Elizabeth would even care to fill out there, uh, either on her side or on her daughter's father's side. Her love, Calvin, right? Like they both right. did not really have strong family ties or connections. They can only go back like maybe a generation, and that'll be it, right? Um, uh, and it's also, you know, I think I think even Harriet calls it out that basically she's just wanting effectively gossip on like on like the local families, basically. Oh and, yeah, on the families of her students. Yeah, and yeah. and and Elizabeth and Mad for the 1960s live in a very non-traditional household because yeah. Elizabeth had mad out of wedlock. Mm-hmm. Um, she's basically, she's a single mother raising her by herself. Right. Um, the only thing that really kind of completes their house is uh, Harriet uh, and, and, and 630, of course, they would, they would, right. they would consider 630 a part of the family, but 630 is a dog. So it's not yeah. going to, it's, it, it's, it, it would become gossip and, and that kind of takes oh, me. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think Walter is under the same stress with his daughter Amanda. It's just the two of them. And part of the issue is for this assignment, the teacher wants them to bring in a full family photo yes. of like their immediate current family. But like Mad's dad is dead. So she can't get a photo with Calvin. Right. So she's upset about that. 630 goes and finds the only photo the only family, like, full family photo that they have, which isn't even really, like, it's a photo from a news clipping from his funeral. And so it's because Elizabeth was pregnant with Mad, 630's next to her, and they're in front of the casket with Calvin in it. And that's that's it. That's the only photo yeah. that they have. It's a very heartbreaking reality. That, it is. That you kind of realize. And then the teacher gets mad about it. Yeah, for real. Just like like I said, piece of work. Yeah. So, you know, but but that kind of brings us around, you know, to 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 the talking point here, uh, or or the discussion point here, which is, you know, you know, how the socially acceptable family has morphed since the '60s. So, do you think like would anything about Matt and Elizabeth's situation be out of the ordinary today, in no. in the early 2020s? Yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. No, I mean, I, you know, my parents divorced young and, or when mm-hmm. I was young. I mean, I guess they were young too, but when I was young. Um, and so we primarily grew up with my mom. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yeah. I don't know. The only 
thing that I guess stood out was there was a time where we lived with my grandparents. And I may I don't know, maybe that's different. I enjoyed it because I liked them. Right, <laughs> so right. For us, it was fun. Um, and they yeah. had a great big backyard, and it was so fun to play out there with my siblings and stuff. So, yeah, not- I mean, a single mom with one child, no. I mean, and she was... The thing is, like, she was in a committed relationship. Mm-hmm. For all intents and purposes, they were practically engaged. Like, right. they were emotionally committed. Like, they were emotionally right. they were married, invested. I guess. Right? Yeah. Like, they, it was that level of commitment, even without legal documents. Right. There was that commitment. So. Right. No, I don't. I don't think it'd be out of the ordinary today. I think. I agree. Yeah. I think that happens all the time today. I agree. Yeah. For better or worse, yeah. it it happens more often. So, uh, moving forward in chapter twenty-eight, it looks yeah. like Madeline attempts to find the orphanage where Calvin grew up in an effort to try and complete this family tree. Right. Also, she just clearly wants to know more about her dad. Like, yeah. That's that. That's the real driving force. Well, and Elizabeth has not shared everything with her understandably so yeah because she's four you're right like pretending to be five so that she right. can go to school but yeah. she is four yeah and then uh so but there's she... also a limit to what she what elizabeth even knows about calvin and his family and his background right and she's and she's even said that to mad yeah she's just you know well, well, she, well like i don't think at this point she even knows that calvin was adopted I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, she knows he was at an orphanage. So she knows he was at an orphanage, but that was after his parents, whom we find out to be his adopted parents, had passed away in a car crash. Right. And then his aunt passed away as well. Right. And then he ends up in the orphanage. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I didn't quite realize that. Yeah, it's like his first. I oh. don't know, five, six years of life. Oh. I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah. And then we find out that his dad, his biological dad, becomes a patron of the orphanage. Uh, And that's how the orphanage gets all of the textbooks and sports equipment because those were important to his father, to his biological, allegedly biological father. Gotcha. Okay. Well, Madeline's making an effort to find the orphanage. She goes Mm -hmm. to the local library, which which I thought the line from the library and the the reverend whenever we first see him or whatever i forget the the exchange but he he basically mentions something about well maybe like the child needs to go do this and then the pellet brain's like not this child oh yeah <laughs> yeah just because matt is matt is uh uh exhaustingly inquisitive just like elizabeth so yeah only in the form of a four-year-old yeah but and that clearly the library is a frequent place we visited resource if the librarian knows you yes yeah obviously is yeah. um but anyway so that reverend that i just mentioned uh mm-hmm. actually was calvin's former pen pal reverend wakely yeah um, I that was a nice yeah revisit it was um and this is unbeknownst uh to mad because obviously yeah. she wasn't alive she has no idea right um but wakely realizes it so he offers to call the orphanage for her and he says you know I'm not just an adult, number one, but I'm also basically a reverend. So it could be like a religious, you Inquiry know, or yeah, something basically. Like that. Um, and it's also a long distance call. So he basically tells Mad that he will 
call, call on her behalf. Call on her behalf and, yeah. and, and try and communicate what he finds out because because he was a pen pal with Calvin and he right. actually was um, was quite fond of Calvin. Um, mm-hmm. Only only through letters actually. So um, it, it it was a pretty yeah, cool they callback. Met, like once in person or not? They didn't meet. Uh, Wakely saw Calvin speak on a panel. Correct. When he was attending Harvard, and then after that wrote Calvin a letter and then that's kind of how their pen pal friendship began. Right. right. But yeah, and and part of Mad agreeing to have him make that phone call is because she's trying to not involve Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Even Harriet was like, yeah, don't tell your mom about this family tree assignment. We can just fill it in with random names. Which Mad does. Yeah, but it doesn't work out well. But I don't think it was doesn't she say like Amelia Earhart's her grandma or something like Nefertiti. that? Nefertiti, like she silly. just she throws out all these famous women, which is very you know it's it's great because Harriet's like just put some random names, and I'm sure she was just thinking you know just random names, right? Like just go to the phone right. book and pick some random names to put in there, but she actually goes with historical figures, and it just has the argument right that like yeah. all humanity is related. Yeah, it's like her fallback argument. Yeah. Humans are animals. Humans are animals. All humans are related. It's just like... And I thought it was so cute when the Reverend made some comment about, like, humans being animals. and Yeah, she's like, thank you. Mad was like, that's exactly what I've been saying. Yeah. And she's been getting in trouble. Like, the teacher has not liked that Mad said that humans are animals. It's because Mad... I mean, she's exhaustively inquisitive, right? Like she it's is, just... but she's also got, like, that scientific mind, right? She does. And technically, like, yes, she... humans are animals. She's... They are mammals. Like, yeah. that's that's how it goes. Yeah. She's she's the kid who always asks why yeah. after you give answers. And you're just like, oh, my God. Because all you have to do is ask why five times to get someone like, <laughs> like, I don't know. Right, because because yeah. we because we operate on like some on 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 foundational assumptions, everybody does. Um, so that was a good scene. Um, I I also do like how Harriet a few times, and it's always with Mad mm-hmm. that it will say Harriet exhaled or something like that, and you just know Harriet's going, oh, yeah, <laughs> like she's just like oh, child. <laughs> yeah basically yeah um let's see here uh, yeah you want to well, you want to is clearly very part? sharp and has a lot of energy and a lot of questions she does, so she it, does. i think it's understandable it's, that harriet it, would be like Oof. yeah i mean it it's like a four-year-old that's just a brilliant four-year-old yeah it's just it's yeah. just a prodigy just coming at you yeah um so then we Jump back to Elizabeth. Her contract gets renewed for another six months, which apparently took some convincing. Walter has a panic attack. Zot's making a pot pie. Um, and this is where she has the can of soup that she throws out. Cause mm-hmm. She's like, no, you know, we're not going to. Yeah, and, and that causes the panic attack. Yeah, like, oh yeah, because Walter's like, look, we need to prove that we can get sponsors, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Because as far as he's concerned, as far as what he's been told, is that the show is struggling, even though there's... Right. Or it's been implied to him heavily. Yeah. That it's it's on the chopping block, which in reality, nowhere near the chopping block. 
Right. Nowhere right. near. Like, if At anything, it's being held back. not if you've got back. an intelligent studio manager. Yeah. Like, like, it's... it's You would not. No. Yeah. Um. So she takes a question from the audience and delivers her iconic line, Boys, set the table. Your mother needs a moment to herself. So we find out that not only has it been renewed, but she's receiving a slew of letters, people asking questions, comments, um, thanking her for the show, learning things. Um, I, I thought that one, that scene was interesting, too, because the question from the audience was basically from this woman who, in an ideal world, she had wanted to become a heart surgeon. Mm-hmm. And she's got several boys, and so she's always having to, like, like she does the stitches herself, right? Like, she patches them up herself. Yeah. No, it's a it's a very heartwarming moment. It yeah. is. And that's where you see, like, Elizabeth being very encouraging. Yeah. Of, like, of course you could do that. Yeah. All it takes is these steps. Yeah, because logically, there's no reason why you couldn't. Right. Yeah. She kind of blueprints out her next effectively like 10 years mm-hmm. to like you want to be a heart surgeon this is what you got to do yeah go to the library take the mcats yeah so study up take the initial mcats test and then yeah. go into a formal e- e- education system basically yeah which you know when it's broken down like that you're like oh yeah that is all she has to do and it's yeah. you know but, but but when you're in the weeds of the day-to-day yeah i mean you it know it'd be mean, really hard to I mean, she was clearly a good mom, right? I mean, she yeah. was she was putting her her boys first, mm-hmm. you know. Um, in that day and age, it was expected to to put your husband first. Yeah. Um, and then the kids. And yeah, and and then the kids, right? Um, and there's also just a lot of just social and cultural barriers that impact, you know, um, uh, your own personal mental logic. Like, can I do this? Can I not do this? Right. right. Like and, 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 and all that adds up and kind of weighs down on, you know, like in this instance, women. Mm-hmm. Um, but 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 it can affect everybody. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, like what if there is a guy in the audience and he wanted to be a seamstress? Yeah. But he couldn't be because his dad was a plumber and his dad was like, you're going to be a plumber. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, could it could easily so cut it's not just societal expectations. There's also those familial expectations yeah. as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's. I think, you know, expectations are good. Mm-hmm. They can also be really bad. Yeah. Because they can, they can extinguish fires of passion before they even really get going. Right. You know, which is, you know, unfortunate. So um, the next thing, let's see here. Oh, here's, here's a discussion question. So uh, with the renewal and letters, yeah, with the six-month renewal that Elizabeth received and the letters that they've been receiving... You know, it's pretty obvious that Elizabeth's show is a hit to some extent, mm-hmm. you know, even though the executive producer is saying other, otherwise. Do you think her and Walter should have, you know, questioned him at all or 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 even made an attempt to leverage what they knew was for sure about the show that, yes, it's popular, yes, there's letters and all that? I'm, it's, yeah, go ahead. Um, I think, I don't think we had a, clear idea of what all they knew or didn't know it sounded like the studio manager was basically continuously giving walter the impression that it was not a success right 
constant so, pressure. Yeah. yeah. So I think when you're under that kind of pressure, and here he's trying to wrangle Elizabeth, who is just going to bulldoze her way through and do what she wants to do, I don't think he was able to take a breath and step back and kind of get a overview of like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. Wait you a second. You keep sec. telling me this, but... We keep getting letters and phone calls and whatnot for this, you know, for her show. Right. And they're positive. And couple that with the fact that Walter wants to make sure everyone else can keep their jobs. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm sure they were getting some backlash from like husbands and men who didn't like what she was saying. Mm -hmm. You know, I think her audience. They probably didn't like what their wives were suddenly saying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because they're not going to watch Elizabeth. No. But all of a sudden, they're going to be like, wait a minute. But her audience yeah. was very receptive to it. And yes. if, if you know, enough men are like, why are you saying that? Where is this coming from? And they find out it's the show, mm-hmm. and they get riled up enough, right. they would address it with, with the studio who's going to listen to them. The patriarchy. Yeah. It was discussed at the weekly meeting of the patriarchy. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I tease. All right. Yeah. Uh, I think you're up next. Oh, so our next chapter, we find out that Harriet is assaulted by her husband, who's a piece of work. Um, And then Elizabeth is not happy with that, is like ready to call the police on him. And Harriet's like, no, they wouldn't do anything. You know, they would just accuse me, blah, blah, blah. So that, and then it comes out, she gets like a piece of paper slid under her dressing room door about all of the, the pay that the, all the talent at the station are getting and receiving. And she also finds out that there's um, like profit sharing, but only for the male talent and executives. So she realizes just how underpaid she's actually being. Or just how much she's been un- being underpaid compared to her um, male counterparts. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So because she's ticked, she teaches how to use poisonous mushrooms while cooking on her show. Which <laughs> everyone's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, oh, it's like the deadly nightcaps i think yeah she's like oh it's so easy here she's like here we go um it actually reminded me there's an episode if you guys have seen psych there's an episode where they use deadly nightcaps to poison it's like a food critic or something so this is that was what it reminded me of that's what popped into my head so she teaches this recipe which for you know during which the mushrooms are heavily featured and she talks about you can use these poisonous mushrooms or you can use these ones that are similar and not poisonous. And the executive producer, Phil, calls Elizabeth into his office. And this is where we find out that Walter, her her direct producer, the afternoon programming producer, doesn't let the females meet with Phil on their own. And he... 
basically fires Elizabeth. He tells her she's fired, that Walter's fired, that everyone who works on her show is fired. She keeps her cool and is like, oh, really? You're going to fire all of these people who work on not just my show, but all these other shows for the station. So you're going to have zero crew for all of these shows. Um, And then he is determined to, I guess, put her in her place and attempts to sexually assault her. She starts pulling out a chef's knife, which is like 14 inches long, and he faints from a combination, I think, of the shock of seeing her whip out a knife, but also having a heart attack. Yeah, smoking and drinking will do that. Yeah. So, yeah. um, And then, basically, a result of all that is uh, Phil is now in the hospital, so Walter takes over as acting executive producer mm-hmm. um this is after elizabeth shares the documents that phil was rubbing in her face like you can't understand what this even means oh blood, yeah blood, he blood. had like a file folder that he like waved in her face like you don't yeah. even understand these yeah and it's like the nielsen ratings it's oh yeah it's, um, it's everything to make informed decisions with yeah, yeah about the show so elizabeth effectively takes those <laughs> views them while waiting for the ambulance to yeah. arrive and then she keeps them, or at least keeps like the top sheet of it, uh, and shares it with uh, Walter. And it basically confirms what Elizabeth knew, and Walter probably felt, was that Elizabeth's show is actually a hit. So Walter proceeds to make syndication deals for Zot's show across the country, and he, quote, tries to do what is right. So, yeah, uh, you know. After that's... Elizabeth basically instructed him. Because yeah. he's freaking out, like, oh, my God, we're all fired? What? And Elizabeth's like, no, 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 you don't understand. We control the We're station. in charge now. Yeah. like We have the control now. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, I mean, I, well, I mean, because, like, what's the board of that station going to do? Like, remove any semblance of leadership in your top talent? Right. No. Like, they're not going to do that. Right. That, that'd be silly. So. And we know that Phil, um, after his heart attack, was instructed to basically be on bed rest for a while and then not work at all for at least a year yeah so, so they, you can't they get a pretty the long runway gotta keep here. running yeah. yeah i mean they get a pretty long runway so you know and and, and then there's a nice kind of um, and we find out that walter in making these syndication deals basically doubles what the station was making yeah yeah so there's there's no way that yeah. That, you know, well, I don't know. Like Phil's on the board. That's the thing. Like, there's so much like, like old, good old boy clubs are, mm. are like a real thing, and you know, um, especially back then for sure. So, who knows how this develops into the final bit of reading? But we'll mm. see. Uh, but with all that said, um, Walter kind of realizes, even though he's never said it out loud, that Elizabeth is effectively his best friend. Yeah. Um. You know, and, and that kind of brings up an interesting discussion point that I think everybody has an opinion about. <laughs> Can and is it possible for men and women to just be friends, purely platonic friends? What do you think? Um, I think it depends on the situation. Okay. Riveting stuff. <laughs> I know, just what you were hoping for. Yeah. Uh I don't I don't if they're if they're of equal age, I would say no. 
you can you can be pleasant you can be acquaintances yeah you know you can be friends in a group right yeah where there's like a lot yeah. of buffers but i don't think you know if you have but if you've got a group of friends if you're hanging out with one person yeah. in particular if you have someone 25 and the other party 28 attraction can happen right and so i just think it's um remarkably difficult to do that and i would advise most people not to now granted in this case with walter and elizabeth i think they're best friends because of because they're workmates right 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 and i think that's different too like work buddies versus correct yeah other friendships like they're that's why i say like i think it kind of depends on the situation a little bit yeah you know if you're work friends i i don't know i think part of it too is they bonded over their traumas as well like elizabeth losing calvin and walter losing his ex-wife right and then finding out just what a piece of work she was right So I think they both, and because at the time they're both in untraditional family situations and their daughters have the, are in the same class. So I think they've got like this mutual, not the same, but like they both have had some traumas that they're dealing with and they're both kind of in the trenches together. Okay. But I don't get any like sexual tension between them you know it seems very no but no but walter's also a bit of her senior too i think it seems like it yeah but i mean but back then i think that mattered even less yeah right so i don't know i'm just saying in general i don't think it's uh yeah i don't think that's necessarily a i think they're workmates i think they're really close workmates and that's Mm -hmm. that's it um Anyway, uh, so the final chapter, let's see here. Uh, Harriet takes Matt out of school by forging Elizabeth's signature. <laughs> um, she, with the with the intention of taking Matt to go see Elizabeth live. And uh, at this to, point, Matt is in first grade? I think so. So it's a new school year, but Matt and Amanda, Walter's daughter, are with the same teacher. Yes. Which Matt and Amanda are clearly friends in their own way, which is yeah. fun to kind of read about passively. Um, but the parking attendant at the station, basically there's a huge line of people trying to get in to be the live audience for Elizabeth's show. Um, mm-hmm. The parking attendant effectively tells them, you guys aren't going to get in. There's no way you might as well turn around. Some happenstance happens, and he recognizes that Matt well, is Matt actually asks Elizabeth's for daughter. his signature. Yeah. Which is adorable. Yeah, because she wants to give him credit, like like, like yeah, he's doing a good she, job. She wants to let her mom know, which he doesn't know at the time, who his mother, or who Mad's mother is. Mm-hmm. But Mad wants to tell Elizabeth, like, hey, just so you know, there's this huge line and you need to be aware that, like, the people outside are working really hard. Mm-hmm. And so she asks for the parking attendant's name and for him to sign her little notebook. And then when he closes it to hand it back to her, that's when he recognizes her last name of Zot. That's when she. That's when he realizes that it's it's yeah. Elizabeth's daughter. Yeah. So, um, 
basically they get front row seats in the live audience. Harriet is nervous that Elizabeth will see them because they wanted to sneak in the back. Because they wanted to sneak in the back and just kind of watch for fun. Like it was it was meant to be an experience for, for Harriet, but more so for Madeline, right? Like it yeah. was it was meant to be an an experience that Elizabeth would be none the wiser to. Yeah. But being in the front row kind of <laughs> flies in the face of that. Um, but eventually, uh, Walter notices them, and he asks um, uh, Madeline and Harriet to meet him in his office. Uh, and he basically attempts to explain to Mad, which tried to explain things to Mad is you get a lot of the wise, wise, wise. Mm-hmm. Um, he tries to explain that basically Elizabeth, Mad's mom, is attempting to shield them both from celebrity. That is her preference. And 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 clearly, if Walter knows of this. It's her strong preference that that be the case and remain for as long as possible. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you, you know, there's kind of like an interesting talk about between them about celebrity and stuff, and, and that'll come up later uh, in like our highlights. Um, but Elizabeth comes out live on air as an atheist uh, as a result of a question from the studio audience. And that's where our reading ends. Yeah. Which it's, it's, it's a bit of a cliffhanger. Um, I've got two questions. Uh, was Elizabeth Ryder foolish to just come out on air as an atheist? And where do you think the book goes from here? Because I feel like, I'll be frank, I feel like we're basically at the end. Like, I mean, like we are, but like, it's usually not to like the last 10%. Do I feel like, okay. Like, I feel like Elizabeth climbed her mountain. Yeah. And there's some like, you know, what more is going to be thrown? Yeah, there's some like wrap up stuff that can happen, but anyway. Um, yeah. The first question, you know, do do do, do you think was she right or foolish to come out as an atheist? Um, for that time period, probably foolish. Yeah. You know, just because yeah. at that point you're a TV personality. Right. Right. You need to know what you. Yeah, you about. don't want to alienate your audience. Right, and and at that time, and it would absolutely you, Yeah, and if you don't feel like religion matters, which is fine, just don't go there. Right. Like, there's there's not necessarily any... I think the audience question was, like, is there a particular grace, grace or a prayer that you say before dinner? This, this really seems like a self-inflicted wound. This is one of those few instances where Elizabeth just did not think it through. Yeah. At all. Like, I think she just responded to a question. Yeah, she and, did. Yeah. And I thought she handled it, like, fairly well. Initially, she, yeah. Kinda, yeah. Yeah. But and then she goes a step further, and you're just like, you're like why? Shut your mouth. You're like, why would you say that? And and I think this is going to be, you know, kind of going into the final stretch here. I think this is going to be, everything is going well, and then this is going to be kind of like the final, you know, like, bad guys close in kind of feel right i wouldn't i wouldn't be yeah. shocked if the if the board the tv station comes after her or sponsorships you know what i mean like I, I i could see this being being the small pebble that starts an avalanche that she has to fix before we wrap up the book right right i mean especially i think it's important to keep in mind the time period of the 50s right mm-hmm. like yeah if this were something done now some people would care a lot of people wouldn't care like think what you think right but at the time you know it probably was a bigger deal. Right. And I think it is going to be a more, like, that's that's the thing. Like, for being so intelligent, like, having a lot of book smarts, mm-hmm. it, it's 
also not logical to give the like you know there there are these producers and higher ups who are basically waiting for an excuse to fire you correct and so it's it seems like there are some situations where she could be a little more strategic well the other thing too is like now that they know that this chemistry kind of stick it to it format is a hit they will go out they will find another piece of talent that is more agreeable yeah and but still gives just enough of the impression that right. it's their show i mean not right? only that they might decide they'll 100 percent do that yeah yeah so, i mean anyway let us know what you think. That 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 was our reading for part three of four and our discussion. I think we had a lot to talk about there. We would love to hear your thoughts and comments about what we discussed and about things that we didn't discuss because, frankly, there's a lot going on in this book that, and in all books that you just kind of can't 100% get to between two people. Otherwise, we'd be here for four hours. So, yeah. um, you know, leave your thoughts and comments down below, uh, you know like subscribe and hit the notification bell but before we wrap up let's do our favorite highlights um i believe in you elizabeth zott and i believe in your mission of food that matters but that's not just making dinner understand this you must make it look at least a little fun if i wanted you to put viewers to sleep i would have slotted you and your hot pads in at 2 30 elizabeth thought for a moment i guess i hadn't really thought of it that way it's TV science, Walter said. Hardly anyone knows about it. <laughs> That's a good exchange. Yeah. Uh, the, the next one is, uh, it's about the shopping list. Some confusion about tomorrow's ingredients, specifically CH3COOH. Acetic acid, Elizabeth supplied. Vinegar, it's 4% acetic acid. I'm sorry. I probably should have written the list in layman's terms. You think? Walter said. <laughs> Uh, God is why they were still married and why their marriage was her burden to bear because it was given to her by God. God was big on burdens and he made sure everyone got one. I'm not sure whose inner monologue that was. That was that was Harriet. That was Harriet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was that one kind of jumped out to me. God's oh, okay. big on burdens. Yeah, he is. <laughs> um, let's see here. Some people think you can't miss what you never had, but I think you can. Do you? That is Madeline talking to uh, the Reverend, which uh, is very insightful for a four-year-old. Yeah. Boys set the table, Elizabeth commanded. Your mother needs a moment to herself. It's a good line. <laughs> uh, and then this one is pretty good. We're most men like Phil. I'm sorry. Were most men like Phil? And Walter's opinion, no. But did most men do anything about men like Phil, himself included? No. But why is saying what you think so rare? Because there are consequences, Harriet said. Huge consequences. Walter agreed. And that's right before Elizabeth comes out as an atheist. It's like, ah, what timing. Yeah. <laughs> so those were some of our favorite highlights. Let us know what some of yours were from the reading or yeah. from at any point in the book down below in the comments. So our next episode is going to include or conclude. Huh. Our next episode will conclude our book club for Lessons in Chemistry. So that means we're going to read from chapter 33 through the end of the book. 
All right. Remember to like and subscribe. And until next time, that's my wife, Katie. And that's my husband, Josh. And this has been Book Club Date. Have a good one. We'll see you later.